The Fred Minnick Show is brought to you by Michter's American Whiskies and by 291 Colorado Whiskey. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Fred Minnick Show. Fred here, and I've got a Super Bowl-winning guest. Actually, it's the second time this guest has been on the show. We're going to welcome Indomitian Sue. That's right, the Indomitian Sue, Super Bowl champ, five-time All-Pro in the NFL most definitely a first ballot hall of famer is our guest and he talks a little bit about aaron Rodgers and what it was like to win the super bowl you're gonna enjoy this episode trust me especially if you're a football fan but first a word from our sponsors at michter's distillery our passion is making the finest bourbon rye and american whiskey possible when you only produce very small batch and single barrel whiskey as we do Each and every barrel has to be perfect. No detail is too small for our production team. From careful attention to the 18-month or more air-dried wood used in the construction of our barrels, to entering our distillate into the barrel at the costlier or lower barrel entry proof of 103 so that it's smoother, to heat cycling our barrel houses, to our signature filtration protocol, we spare no expense in pursuing our goal of making the greatest American whiskey. And no Michter's gets bottled until our master distiller, Dan McKee, and our master of maturation, Andrea Wilson, say it's just right. Michter's Fort Nelson Distillery in downtown Louisville, Kentucky, is open for tours and tastings. Book your visit on our website and stop by the bar at Fort Nelson for a world-class cocktail. For more information, follow us on social media at Michter's Whiskey, go to Michter's.com, or visit your favorite bartender. Michter's Distillery. It's all about the whiskey. People want a great whiskey that isn't like every other whiskey. So nestled in the shadow of Pikes Peak, 291 Colorado whiskey is distilled from grain to barrel to bottle. Exceptional Western whiskey, unlike any other. Passion permeates every sip. Utilizing grains from the Colorado Plains, water collected from Pikes Peak Reservoirs, and finished with Aspen Staves, 291 Colorado Whiskey is an award-winning single barrel and small batch whiskey. Hard made the Colorado way. Our recipe, our stills, independent and always rugged, refined, and rebellious. 291 Colorado Whiskey is proud of its humble roots and excited as we expand to new frontiers. Get your taste of Colorado at 291ColoradoWhiskey.com. Online orders available or find a bottle near you. Ride it like you stole it. Drink it like you own it. Live fast. Drink responsibly. So, tell me, what was uh, what was it like winning the Super Bowl, man? Man, the Super Bowl was great, to be honest with you. Uh, kind of one of those things, you kind of get that monkey off your back, uh, especially having gone to uh, a Super Bowl earlier in my career in 2018, uh, which was which was amazing. Uh, I loved the experience and had really no doubt that I was going to have the ability to win but uh, as a team, but it just, for whatever reason, didn't happen. So being able to get back there and knowing a lot of guys in this league haven't been successful, uh, and, and you think about all those Buffalo teams that made it to the Super Bowl and never never won. So yeah. uh, being able to get to my second one and take care of business was great, and then obviously create history as well. Uh, and, and, let's, and let's face it, the you know the MVP went to Tom Brady, well deserved, but they could have given it to the whole defensive line too. You all, 
you all owned that game, you know? Yeah. Well, we, we know uh, we what we did and how we took care of business and uh, what sells tickets is the quarterback in that offense, which is tremendous. And they put up a ton of points for us, but we know defense was championship. So uh, at the end of the day, we're, we're definitely related to where things ended. And that score speaks volumes, 31 to nine. That's, that's a defensive performance that you would want to have any, any day of the week. Yeah. I mean, was there, was there a particular play that stands out for you when you look back on it? Uh, I mean, obviously the sacks that I was being, uh, was able to be a part of and, and create, uh, definitely stand out. But, uh, I would say outside of those prominent ones, there was the ability to work out with, um, Shaq Barrett early on in the, in the game, um, and just talk about how we're going to affect the quarterback. And again, I've got a ton of praise for our defensive coordinator and the way he created that great game plan. And that's one of the great things we have about coach Bowles is he's very creative and, and, and open-minded and, and he created an amazing game plan that put the game on us up front, which I was super excited about because it was like, we're either going to win the game with you guys or we're going to lose the game with you guys. And so right. put that that pressure on us and really I don't look at it as pressure it's, it's expectations uh and expectations each and every single week that we have to live up to and, and you know you know he he coach Bowles needed a needed a he, that was cathartic for him too I imagine after coming off uh, a head coaching uh gig and you know kind of put him back in the center of like you know the mastermind he is behind you know in defense so that was there, there was a lot of you called it a monkey off your back. There was a lot of monkeys off the back for for the for you all um, in that Super Bowl win, and it was it was one of the most exciting games I've ever watched for a lot of reasons. And I gotta say, Patrick Mahomes, like the things that he was doing. I know you all even contained him, but the things that he was doing, like you know, parallel to the ground, throwing sideways. Yeah. I mean, it's a good thing you all have a good defensive line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's a very talented young man, uh, and he's going to be trouble for many, many years in this league for defensive lines and defenses as a whole. Uh, but one thing that I will say is uh, I got a lot of respect for how he carried himself. Uh, a lot of teams could have truthfully crumbled a lot earlier and, and not had any fight. And so uh, he, he definitely kept that team and that offense together for uh, as long as he could until we uh, kind of stifled them out as much as we could possibly. Yeah. Well, let's take, let's taste some, some bourbon. Cause yes. you know, I know that's a big, big, uh, big thing for you. You like bourbon, you own a piece of a bourbon company, you know, St. Liberty's. So this is uh this is uh, Lee Sinclair, uh, four grain. This is a barrel pick from uh, Masano's, a, uh, a Masano. I think I'm saying that right. It's a store in Mississippi. It's it, it hits the palate quite nicely. A little spice to it, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that no, is spicy. Yeah, that's that's uh, yeah, almost 113 proof. Yeah, that's that's packing some heat for us. Yeah, for sure. Did you did you drink anything special after the after the Super Bowl? You know, it's funny. Me and my wife were just talking about this the other day. Uh, we were we're putting our bar and, and wine cellar together uh, at the house we just finished, and 
was super interesting. I was so exhausted after that game. I didn't drink a thing. Uh, (laughs) I came home and we sat on the couch for a little bit, uh, ate, and then really just went to sleep. And luckily I did because I had a bunch of interviews the next morning. But no, it was, it was, didn't drink anything, but really celebrated uh, really the week, weeks after uh, getting home and enjoying family and friends and, and kind of letting the surreal moment start to hit you. So, uh, and it wasn't, it wasn't too long after that Tampa Bay sealed you up for another year. So I have to imagine that, you know, you got repeat almost immediately on the mind after a win like that. No, it was great. Uh, I think they, we, we set the tone, our ownership set the tone earlier on after our parade and said, we want to bring everybody back. Uh, and that's our ultimate goal. And then, Fortunate enough, uh, they gave all the resources to do so and then mm-hmm. start to add really good quality pieces to the draft and some free agency pieces, which I'm excited to, to get to mini camp and, and uh, be around the guys. Um, so it's it's definitely a, an opportunity to go earn another one, which I think we have the talent to do that. It's about just bringing this team together again. Yeah, well, and you got some you got some rookies you got to break in too. So they, you know, I'm sure you've got some good hazing coming up, but. Uh, you know, we've we've let's go to the the two ninety one Colorado bourbon. Now this one's packing some heat. Now we're coming. This is the, this is a this one's a hundred proof. Sometimes uh sometimes two ninety one has like a hundred and uh, twenty thirty proof. They they can get really. I was, I was just gonna say this one uh, that I the proof. You're one hundred thirty eight proof. All right, so I grabbed the wrong bottle to taste with you. Then I'm gonna be mine's gonna be a little lighter. <laughs> If you want, you can okay. you can add some water to it. <laughs> no water for me. I'll be good. So, one of the things too that was very historic about um, about the uh, about the Super Bowl, and you know, she's uh, <laughs> she's your 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 coach, uh, Lori Locust became the you know basically the the the, the highest ranking you know female coach, and you know she wins a Super Bowl. What? What what how is she, how has she been you know put into the to the formula of working with a defensive line because she's on interviews all the time and she never takes any credit for anything she's always like passing it up to all the all the other coaches and she's just like just on camera she seems like a very humble and and great person. No, Coach Lowe is is, is amazing uh, and it's been a pleasure to work with her for two years going on our third year now um and she you're correct she's in our my direct room uh with the defensive line so we get interface all the time and the one thing that i love about her is that she's not afraid of anybody so um she gives me pointers all the time takes care of the young guys gets things going uh and, and super attention to detail so i think uh, when it comes to our pass rushing and being successful as a defensive front uh, between her and Coach Casey, uh, she does a lot of back-end work for us to be able to find all of the nuances and details and stuff that we have going on. So she, it's been a pleasure to work with her, and I think she's an amazing coach um, and, and will continue to, to rise up to the ranks within the sport. So I'm excited for her and, and, and ready to get back to, to doing some more work with her. To go and it sounds like Tampa Bay is is uh, really pushing the needle and and uh, getting more women into coaching. They're having some conferences, and you know she's right there at the center of that. And you know that's uh, in this day and age, I think that's to be commended. 
Yeah, no question. And we've got MJ, who I work closely with uh, alongside my other team, but MJ is one of our uh, strength coaches in, in our strength and conditioning program. And uh, she is great. She takes care of me each and every single day. And when I'm early, bright early mornings, uh, she helps me set up stuff and coach me and give me pointers. So it's I think it's great to have that culmination in, in, in people that are, are great at their jobs, no matter what their sex is. And that's that's exactly uh, how I look at things. And, and I think that's what the organization appreciates the most, especially having uh, a great woman owner in Darcy. Uh, and so it's it's. It, it's a great situation to be in, and I'm excited to be a part of that uh, organization for a long period of time. Well, I'll tell us to that. So, uh, so the, here we are with the 291. Yeah. This is uh, this is out of Colorado, and I just I just had I just interviewed Peyton Manning, and I told yeah. him uh, I told him that you know I had you on the show, and he says I only have uh, nice things to say about Mr. Sue. I don't want him getting I don't want get making him mad. So. Uh, you, you've uh, you're in uh, you're in Peyton Manning's headspace. <laughs> Man, Peyton's a great guy, and uh, he's been uh, a tremendous. Guy. I wish I could have been in the league a lot earlier to play against him a little bit more and, and in the AFC. But all good. Uh, we've actually crossed paths more, more so on the uh, Pro Bowl side of things versus competing against each other in games. But no, great dude and. Uh, I know he's doing some amazing things off the field as well. Well, he's gonna be he's gonna be sending you a bottle of bourbon. So uh, oh yeah, yeah okay. he's he's got a bottle with your name on it. So hopefully that'll that comes out comes across to your desk soon. But mm-hmm. um, I, I will look forward to that. Yeah, I, and that's the thing is like when when you get to talking to people about you, they're you know on the field everyone's everyone's scared to death of you, but off the field they you know they they love that in Dominican Sue. And I know your your hometown of uh, uh, Portland uh, just is really. I mean, you're doing a lot for the community right now, and I know you um, kind of got your hands in like resurrecting a kind of like a fallen apartment building. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing in in the Portland area. Yeah, Portland is always going to be home base to me. My born and raised here, and. A lot of my immediate family is still here as well, but it's a community that I care deeply about. Uh, and every place that I've been able to touch, been able to usually be a part of them, but always wanted to come back home and, and be create something special here. So uh, a partner of mine, uh, Joel Anderson, uh, have a development company together. And we like to find interesting and creative projects, but I think one of the most things uh, that we need in this day and age is affordable housing. And one thing that I like, the twist that we've been able to work on around affordable housing is it's not so much the Section 8 and looking at it from that lens, it's looking at it from the lens of young professionals, uh, whether you're a young African-American or Asian or uh, Latino uh, professional that wants to have a leg up. I think uh, coming out of college, obviously, those are the, the toughest days of our lives. We've just put ourselves typically in a bunch of debt, and then are now we're trying to get out of that debt and have a great job. And so it's now affording them an opportunity to live in, in the urban core, near their jobs, and in a great place where they can all collaborate together as young professionals, and then they'd be able to be close to their uh, working um, opportunities and, and abilities to, to progress and move forward and get that American dream of having their white picket fence one day. Sure. And, you know, the... You know, this is a time too of great like 
discourse in, in our country in a lot of areas. And uh, Portland and in my town, Louisville, you know, there's been two of the ones where we've seen a lot of, um, I mean, we've seen a lot of um, unrest. There's been a, lot a lot of, of unrest. Run. Yeah. And, <laughs> and to have someone like you to kind of anchor leadership is, is a big deal. And, and, and I would also say when it, when it comes to real estate and you see a lot of this unrest and there's obviously destruction that goes with it, unfortunately, which I don't condone. And even though I like destruction on the football field uh, and messing up offenses, definitely don't condone it off the field. But when people start to own and care about the things that are uh, that are theirs, so we have this opportunity where it's an all count. Uh, alt alt cap system where it's ultimate altruism in this world, but at the same time, capitalism is uh, one of the main things in America. You bring, kind of bring those together and give these opportunities to these young professionals and people, investors, mm-hmm. people in the community, they have an opportunity to, to own part of these buildings. Then they say, I have now a sense of ownership, even though it may be a small piece, but I'm going to even I'm going to pay attention to this building in this area that much more because it's mine. Uh, I, I would be going and destroying my own stuff and people typically don't go and destroy their own stuff. So uh, just kind of creating a, a different concept and, and one that uh, hopefully gets spread across the country. Well, and, you know, uh, you know, private property is in large part what this country was you know, built on. I mean, in it was the the American the American dream. Yeah. Was, to, was to own a home, you know? Yeah. And so, and we've kind of moved, we've kind of moved away from that a little bit. Now we have developments where the developers get, uh, sell off little pockets and uh, rent them back to people. So it's it's a very different world now. So you're... Yeah. And, and, and I think there's 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 nothing wrong with that and being able, because we still want people, people to be able to find ways to make livings and grow and develop and do different things like that. But as long as you're bringing people alongside yourself, uh, and I think that's the best thing about myself and Joel's development company is that we have the ability to have day jobs, work, and think about things a little bit differently. It's not saying there's nothing wrong with the traditional de- developer, but they're also needing to make a living and make sure they're taking care of their family. We can look at things a little bit differently being in a different space to be able to help people and bring them along and make special projects. And I think as people start to get to that mindset and these things are going to definitely make money, but at the same time, you're passing that wealth and creating generational wealth for other folks as well. Right on. Well, I want to now take you to, you know, since we're kind of talking about, we talked a little bit about the, the old United States. This is yep. this is coming straight out of you know the '60s, so yep. this is uh, this is an old bottle, an old vintage bottle here, the uh, Chopping and Gore or C and G. Mm-hmm. You know, this is uh, gonna be very very different than what we just tasted. What do you think of the 291? 291 was definitely powerful, uh, beautiful bottle, uh, little not as spicy, but it's got some heat at the end. Uh, which I like. And then we're looking at this Chapman and Gore. Uh, it looks to be a little bit lighter, 93 proof. Yeah. So, so this is, this is going to be lighter, but look still, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it is not, they don't have the age on here, but I suspect it's probably six to eight years old. That's okay. kind of how they, it's kind of how they did things back then. Most things were between six and eight. And, yeah. um, I'd suspect, and this is going to be packing some flavor. Yes. 
but you know think about football back in the 60s very uh you could poke a guy in the eye and smoke a cigarette on the sideline yeah and the locker room was full of full of cigarette smoke for sure bourbon is I, I imagine they had a bottle of bourbon in there every now and then no definitely celebrating with some bourbon or some whiskey something of that nature absolutely this is definitely nice this is real smooth that's yeah, purdy. That is definitely purdy. So what? So what do you do in the um, in the in the off season? Do you keep up with all of the uh, the free agency moves and everything that's going on? All the drama in the NFL. Uh, it's a little hard not to see some of it. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm fully in tune, uh, but obviously via social media and. And all these alerts and breaking news news items yeah. definitely see quite a bit of it. Uh, more in tune to, to what's happening with my team, primarily or, or close friends. Uh, I saw that one of my my good friends made just took a visit out to uh, Detroit, Todd Gurley. So we'll see if he goes to a, an amazing city that I love. Uh, and if he does, I'll, I'll make sure he's uh, well taken care of because I actually got one of my other teammates from LA. And Jared Goff, who just got traded there yeah. uh, a bit ago. So, interesting. I think, I think Goff is going to do great in Detroit. No, I think he will as well. Uh, he's got a great head coach. Uh, I actually had his head coach down in Miami for as an interim for a little bit in 2015, that would have been. Um, so, uh, it'll be it'll be interesting. And hopefully, that team can start to bounce back, and maybe we'll see them in the playoffs. I don't think we have them on the schedule. Although I, I'd love to play against golf, you'd like you'd like to uh, you know get because cause you couldn't really tackle him in practice, right? You know, so he had like the protective jersey on. So exactly, you know. he's gotten the best of me uh, this last season. We when he was in LA, they they beat us at home, and the previous year uh, we beat them at their home. So we'll see how things uh, kind of come together. Uh, but yeah, we'll, it'll be interesting to see how that team turns out. I know they've got some. A little bit of rebuilding to take care of, but it'll be good. I, is is the whole is the whole players' association just sitting on the couch with a bag of potato chips, watching this Aaron Rodgers deal unfold? <laughs> it, this is interesting. Uh, I mean, I, I would love to understand some of these details of, of what all is taking transpiring there. Um, it's it's quite interesting to see some of the moves that they've made. Obviously, they got the quarterback in love. Uh, in the previous draft and, and there's nothing wrong with preparing for the future um, but I heard that he has no more guaranteed money on his deal and they're looking to restructure and do some different things for him to, to stay but it seems like it's a little bit of a fractured relationship but uh, hard to see from the outside yeah I think there there may need to be some counseling uh, with the fans <laughs> and Aaron Rodgers and the team moving forward because it's definitely uh, definitely splintered but, yeah, get some charcuterie boards and some cheese, and and, uh, and have a nice little sit down with some bourbon. And, and here's the thing, man. I'm like, I look at it as like, if that guy, if that guy is my quarterback, and he wants, you know, he wants a Ferrari, I'm going to buying a Ferrari. If he, whatever that guy wants, because they don't come off the tree like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. You know, you just you get that guy and you keep him. No, there's no doubt about that. Ton of respect for him and. I think he's been able to do a lot of successful things in his in his career, let alone uh, in the last decade uh, of being successful. So uh, 
a, a quarterback that uh, I would consider for sure playing with, uh, even though I know we've had our own uh, feuding on well, the yeah, field. Yeah, yeah, y'all, <laughs> y'all lipped a little bit. Y'all yeah. lipped a little bit. Oh, I no, mean, we've, lived, we've lipped quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all in good fun on the football field. I mean, uh, it, it, I believe there are many a... Um, as I'm going to the gregarious grump rum here, the Barbados rum, I believe there have been many a memes in like, uh, you know, fun tagline things of you two kind of jawing at each other, which, you know, that's, that's just good TV right there. Yeah, no, we, we, we should create a show together or something like that uh, and have, have teams compete for each other. Oh, that would be, that'd be awesome. A, a, a Rogers and Sue show. That'd be great. Yeah. But of but of course you've got you've got the greatest uh you got the goat. You know, you got Tom Brady as your guy and and you know when we talked last year you were excited about it and everything and you were like, you know, you couldn't wait for it. Um but it was mesmerizing to see the 2020 season unfold with Tom Brady behind center. What was what was last year like? I mean, he, let's just beyond the Super Bowl, but what was just, what was it like going through COVID playing with Tom Brady for the first time? Man, COVID was definitely difficult. And I know it was a lot worse for everyday American people uh, and let alone people around the world. So definitely don't take anything for granted, but I mean, doing nasal swabs and testing every single day and then getting into the facility masked up and, and, walking across and having to be spatially uh, aware of everybody around you was definitely a challenge. And I, and I really felt more so for the young guys because they didn't get to have any OTA no nothing straight into camp. And it's all about really kind of getting the veterans in order and then bringing them along at the same time. So uh, overall, the season was, there were some ups and downs. We had a little bit of lull, uh, not being successful through the mid season. Uh, and really at the very beginning, losing our first game uh, against the Saints. But nonetheless, we knew we had all the talent to be successful. So it was just a matter of time of, one, we put ourselves in these positions, but we're talented enough to get ourselves out of them. And it's a matter about everybody kind of putting their egos aside, understanding what they need to do, what your role is, execute your role, and this will all start rolling uphill and, uh, and rolling real fast. And that's really kind of where we got to uh, and hit that stride right as it was the right time in, into the fourth quarter of the season and into the playoffs. Um, and that was fun. I mean, to be able to see all the young guys start to turn and, and realize that, yeah, I'm just going to do what I need to do to be successful. Let the, for lack of better words, the big dogs make the big plays and, and, and then I can have also take my shots and be successful. Uh, and then obviously that that offense was amazing uh, throughout that time. And it was just a matter of time before the defense took over and, and, and late in the playoffs against elite quarterbacks. I mean, you went from the Saints and Drew Brees, and then you got to go up to Green Bay where it's freezing cold and shut down Aaron Rodgers in that offense. And then come back home and, and, and create some history against uh, Kansas City and be the first team to ever win their Super Bowl in their home stadium is is was a great way to cap it off. And the and the quarterback that came closest to beating you was Tyler Heineke of yeah. Washington, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So 
but no, it was it, it was Washington was uh, a very very interesting game. Uh, obviously, we were preparing and got a. I was actually on the bus uh, heading to the game and found out that uh, he was going to be the starting quarterback, and, and we had to kind of switch up our game plan. So throughout throughout the um, warm-ups and preparing for the game, you, you got to be able to understand how to pivot, uh, which is what everything in COVID was about, pivoting and, and finding a way to be successful. So if you – so that really does have an impact on – on, on the game is if you don't know the quarterback you're playing and they switch it kind of last minute, I mean, that can, that can, I mean, as a fan, like not being a layman to football, um, it can have that big of an impact. Yeah. Without question, it can definitely have the impact just because you've been preparing all week for this style of quarterback, knowing these different pieces, uh, looking at their snap counts, all these different items um, that go into studying. And then all of a sudden that you get thrown a curveball. Uh, a way more athletic guy or a young guy that is really kind of off off kilter with how they produce and move and run an offense. Uh, it's just, it's a little bit of a, it's a hair or two slower of what you need to expect uh, and how you can anticipate things. And so uh, kind of going through that process live in the game versus being somewhat prepared for it, uh, two or three days before the game, and granted, we understand who the backups are, and we study those different things. But uh, in all actuality, we're really looking at the projected starters and the guys that we go into. That's why we have these injury reports throughout the week that are important that we look at. So uh, same thing with an offensive lineman. Uh, granted, it's their job to, to block us as Stevens alignment, but you still want to know what's going to be the offensive lineman so you can go in there and have a plan prepared. So if you had a week or two to prepare for Tyler Tyler Heineke, you he doesn't uh, do as well as what I'm what I'm, what I'm hearing a little bit. I, I would beg to say that we would be uh, it'd be very difficult for him to have a successful game against uh, us if we've got a week or two. Especially, I mean, we had a week or two going into the Super Bowl to prepare for Mahomes. Look how that one turned out for him. <laughs> <laughs> Well, on, on on that note, we well, did you taste the rum? I did. That is uh, twelve years. Whew. Quite nice. That's yummy. Twelve years, one hundred and twenty-eight proof. You these these this one this time around have been some heavy proofs. I'm sending I'm sending you the 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 <laughs> the uh, equivalent of the uh, Tampa Bay defensive line, high proof, and you know. Nothing but fire. Nothing but fire. <laughs> but, uh, well, Dominic, it was really great chatting with you. And uh, I'm excited for, for your team next year and excited to see what you continue to do for Portland. And uh, so I'll say best of luck and, you know, just just keep on keeping on, man. No, I appreciate it, man. It's always a pleasure to speak with you. And I've sipped some great whiskey bourbon or, or even throwing some rum in there uh maybe one of these days we'll we'll, we'll do some tequila oh I, you know what that's a good idea i'll bring some tequila next time and i gotta come see a game i gotta come see you this year um i'll be in tampa bay for for an event here and there and i'd love i'd love to you know see you um you know crush a crush an offensive line in person because it's no so question. much fun to watch we will make sure we take good care of you when you come out so uh, just let me know Right on. Well, be safe out there and great hanging out one more time.
Cheers, man. Of course. Good to see you. How about that interview with Indomitian Sue? Am I right? Yeah. Pretty cool dude. Pretty, pretty, pretty cool dude. And here's the cool thing is like, he's doing so much for the city of Portland. I mean, hats off to him. Absolutely hats off to him. And if you're not following Indomitian, make sure that you are checking him out wherever you are and however you're doing your social medias. He's got a pretty good presence out there. So make sure you're following him on Twitter, especially. Uh, Make sure you're following me on all the social medias. And if you would be so kind, if you could give us a uh, review on however you listen to your podcast, it would be greatly appreciated. It helps please the algorithm lords of the podcasting world but that's gonna do it for this week's episode please be safe out there folks i know the pandemic is winding down but that does not mean you can go licking handrails and fence posts and trash cans so be careful out there and remember vodka sucks unless it's being used for hand sanitizer cheers everybody You've been listening to The Fred Minnick Show, brought to you by Michter's American Whiskeys and by 291 Colorado Whiskey. For more information on Fred's books, articles, and more, just go to fredminnick.com.